All right, all right, all right, all right. How many of you are glad that you came this year? Are you? I've got a word for uh, somebody, maybe two or three somebodies, but this is your first time to an art conference, and you came in not knowing what to expect, and when you walked in after you'd been here just a few minutes, maybe 20 minutes, maybe an hour, you said, this is my tribe. I found a home. I want to say welcome home to you. Welcome home. Welcome home. I mean this. I was sitting right there and felt like the Lord wanted me to say to you, welcome home, and that the best is yet to come for you, okay? Best is yet to come for you. Hey, what I want to do is, can I be the first to invite you to ARC 2020 in Charleston, South Carolina? Huh? Next year, April, Charleston, South Carolina. If you have never been to Charleston, you're in for a treat. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Come early and stay late. Don't just fly in, because you'll get good stuff at the conference, but that is the food capital of the world. It is the most romantic city. It's the number one destination. I mean, I could preach right now, but we want to invite you to be a part of that. We know it's going to sell out, and so uh, get, get your tickets, get online, and do what you can. Let me just mention a couple of resources before I do what I'm, I'm talking about. Dino mentioned the book Re- Revisioning. Let me, let me tell you why you should get this. There's a picture of me right here on the back. It's worth the price of the book, Rick Bazette. It really is. Now, this, this book, this book is, is uh, I, I've included in this just a lot of leadership lessons for pastors and staff uh, down through the years. Last book I, I wrote was to uh, uh, church people. This is to pastors. And um, this book, the proceeds from this book will not go to feed any of the four Surratt children or 14 grandchildren. This, I don't get anything off of this. This is an ARC resource, and with this, we plant ARC churches. And so here's what, I, here's what I'd love to see you do. Don't just buy one of them. Get your church credit card and buy at least 10. I'm serious. If you got a big staff or a bunch of dream team, it's set up so that you can go through them. The, listen, the chapter on culture is worth the price of the book. It'll, it'll, it'll help you. And so, um, and you say, well, I've, I've got to go home and get permission. You need to figure that out. Get forgiveness. Get that credit card. Get you a stack of books. Amen? All right. Uh, one other resource. Um, we're dropping a brand new podcast this week called The Pastor's Collective. And uh, Darren Patrick and myself will be talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of pastoring. And uh, so you can go to Pastors Collective. It'll be on everywhere you can get uh, podcasts. Uh, We're about honor here at the Ark, and I want to take just a minute to honor somebody. You know, uh, any of you ever, I was trying to frame this in in a context that a lot of you will understand. Those of you my age, you know what it's like to have a, a drawer with old pictures in it, right? Some of the younger ones, it's like your Facebook 10 years ago or whatever, you know. And that comes out, and maybe your kids get into it. And they say, Mama, Daddy, who's this? And you get to sit down, and you go, well, now, that's so-and-so, and and this is what they mean to our family and how they're connected. And you just kind of feel like 
You're connected to family. Well, this is a great, this is the biggest family reunion we believe on the planet. It's what it's about. We're about relationship. And I just want to honor somebody tonight that doesn't get a lot of honor. You hear about Billy Hornsby and Chris Hodges and Rick and Dino and all, all the guys that, you know, in, in the early times, but there's somebody that their DNA is all over ARC. And I want to, I, I want to make sure that all the kids here understand where some of your DNA comes from. It's where the 21 days of prayer and fasting comes from. It's where a culture of missions comes from. It's, it's the, the pastor of many of the people who were here early. Larry and Melanie, would you just stand? I want to honor you. I, I want to honor you. I want you, to, I want you to see who this is. Come on, come on. Amen. Amen. You have become such a good friend to me. This is, this is a pastor's friend. He's, a, he's prophetic. He's incredible. Uh, he's Chris and Rick and Randy and, and uh, Brother Billy. He's their pastor. So much came, came out of Bethany. And you need to know that. You need to know that that's a part of your heritage. And we love you guys. And we want you to know. Give them one more hand. Will you do that? So I got to tell you just for a minute about the impact that you guys are making uh, across America and around the world. You know, you guys are the stakeholders. You're the ones that invest, you give, you work, you plant, you partner. It's out of your churches that the new church planners come from. And so as president of the ARC, I want to give you a real short state of the union. Is that all right? I want to tell you how you're doing, how we're doing together here and around the world. ARC has a national impact. You know, we had a goal. Billy and I sat down years and years and years ago. You guys have seen the story, and I won't review it. But we had a, we had a vision of 2,000 churches planted in our, life, in our lifetime. I remember when Billy, Billy asked me about that goal. He said, what's your goal? I said, 2,000 churches. He said, how are you doing so far? I said, we're 0 for 3. We had, we had struck out three times. We had opened churches and closed them and he said, well, that's a pretty good start. Let's get together and see if we can't get God in this thing, you know, as if he wasn't. But it, it. <laughs> up to this point, together, we have planted 842 brand new life-giving churches. That's right. Because we believe that every community on the planet needs multiple life-giving churches. Not just one, because people don't look alike. Look down the row and tell somebody, you don't look like me. Yeah. That's why we need more than one church. All right, that's enough. I've just got a few minutes, okay? Here we go. In 2018, together we planted 76 churches. That's not including campuses or global launches. We'll tell you about those in just a minute. Uh, our totals, how it breaks down. Uh, total launch day attendance, first day, first day attendance was 18,788 people in those brand new churches. The total launch day decisions, I want to follow Christ, 766 on one day. 
average launch day attendance was 265. Average decisions, in other words, at every church, the average was 12 people uh, came to Jesus and had their lives changed for eternity. That's just on the first day. In 2019, so far, uh, for our spring semester, we've launched 33 churches, uh, not including campuses or global launches. Uh, spring totals are 9,682 people the first day. Uh, the the uh, total launch day decisions, 405. Listen to this, the average launch day attendance, which is the highest ever for launch season, is 293. 293. which gives an average decision of 12 people that uh, came to Christ. We, we believe that large launches are important just simply because the larger the baby is, the better chance it has to live, right? And uh, you guys are doing that. Now, it's one thing to tell you the numbers. I want, I want you to hear a couple. You're hearing all kind of great stories, but I want a couple of couples to come out. Would you welcome uh, with me, if you would, Jason and Nicole Rollin, uh, from City Light Church in Rochester, Michigan, and Joe and Susan Driver, Echo Life Church, Pensacola, Florida. All right, all right, all right. So, so I asked these guys, and they said, why did you choose us? And I said, because I like you. I've been to their churches. They are life-giving uh, radiance in the community. And I said, you know what? The only thing that I don't, don't, don't like, I wanted churches that were closer to the average opening day attendance uh, of like a, around 240, 250, 260. And these guys were closer to four, 450 and 450. And so I said, I wanted, I, I wished it was a little bit smaller. And what did you guys say? Do you remember what you said? You People don't? Left People left. So it got down to those attendances. Yeah, yeah. Anybody relate to that? Yeah. So if you've ever been on like a fishing trip or a hunting trip or just kind of a retreat with me, you know what I like to do. I like to do high-low. So we're going to do a high-low together with these guys right now. So I want to give you, uh, let's, let's start with you guys. Uh, what, what is the, like the high for you of planting a church? Well, can I say like 10? No, just kidding. <laughs> I would say the high of starting a church is just seeing all the lives come to know Christ and then seeing them get connected in with each other and develop relationships. I love meeting with my small group of girls and just pouring in them and then seeing them leave the small group and then connect with each other. And then I'm kind of taken out of the picture and relationships are being made. I love watching my children grow up in church. And it was so cute the other day, our son, he said, when can we do another family night? And I'm like, what are you talking about? We just did a family night yesterday. He's like, no, a church family night. Uh, and I love that my children equate church to their family. And um, I also love just watching my husband grow in his gifts as a speaker. And he didn't know I was going to say anything about him. But I am so proud of who God has crafted my husband into being. And he's, he's done such a great job with leading the church and developing his gift preaching, but then also working on himself and being healthy. And then one more, um, I love coming here to ARC, and I love seeing all your faces, and I love the relationships being made, and I love how much all of, like, the lead churches you offer coaching for us, because we didn't grow up in church, and we didn't have a church that launched us, and you guys are um, offering your time. And last year, I got involved with Martha Fry's small group, her coaching group, 
and um, how life-changing it's been to me because I have kind of like a pastor over me that's pouring into me so that I can then pour into my people. That's awesome. So those are all my that's highs. That's awesome. Love it. Joe and Susanna, you used up all of your chips over here, so you don't get any, okay? One of our biggest highs was that people come to church on Sundays. I mean, come on, that's a big deal. They show up. But really, our greatest high has been the relationship that we have right here with ARC mm. and that we've had since the beginning. We came in to ARC in 2016. We were late to register, late to the conference, last row in the theater. Hello, theater people. And Pastor Dino stood up here and began to give announcements, and immediately the Holy Spirit dropped. I just start bawling, and I look over at Joe, and he's bawling. We're like, what's happening? <laughs> but we knew immediately we were home. We came to Ark alone and scared. But while we were here, we found family. We found a place to belong. In 2017, we were so excited to be back with our Ark family. We were praying with a pastor. He's praying over us. In mid-sentence, he stops and he says, hey, I feel like I need to just give you this word real quick. I feel like the Lord is telling you, you need to expand your family. And you're going to have a baby, a boy. And I was like, ooh, what? So be careful if anyone prays over you. Just let you know. <laughs> just let you know. And he spoke truth to fears that Joe and I had shared in private. And the Lord, again, just dropped in that moment. 2018 ark, somebody. We weren't here because we were in the hospital having a baby boy. All right. How do you top that? <laughs> we have an ark baby. Come on, somebody. Joe said we should name him Gregory Arctavius Hodges Driver. Come so. on. Come on. I believe she's heard from God. How many of you? How do you do that deal? Right Sorry, we, di we didn't go that direction. But in all, in all seriousness, the greatest high has been staying faithful to pursue the face of Jesus no matter what. And watching him be faithful to do the impossible even when we don't have the strength to get out of bed in the morning and to have relationships. Pastors, if you're here, get connected with somebody. Get connected with somebody. You are not strong enough to shoulder the mantle alone. So find connection tonight. Find it. And you are not loud enough to celebrate the victories alone. You need community. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. These girls can preach. And I'm out of time, so we're going to do the Lowe's in Charleston next year. Now, give us just a couple of minutes and just share a uh, challenge. Yeah. Um, actually, for me, my low actually started about a year ago. Uh, we had launched our church in 2015, and we were going, we were hustling. But how many of you guys know sometimes your expectations and your realities don't meet? And as we're going through the process, we're going every single day hard, every Sunday, pouring into people's lives, and people start leaving. Launch team members start going. People that you thought you are going to do life with aren't there anymore. All of a sudden, you start questioning your leadership abilities. You're questioning everything about yourself. You're questioning your call of God on your life. And, and I'm an upbeat person, but all of a sudden, I found myself in a season of depression. I found myself struggling with anxiety. I, I didn't even care some mornings if I got up or not. It had gotten that bad. And I felt like God spoke to me and said, Jason, you got to change something. You got to get healthy. You got to surround yourself 
with people. And I said, I said, God, I've got the ark. I got all these spiritual brothers. And I felt like God said to me, he says, you've got a lot of spiritual brothers, but you need spiritual fathers in your life. And I started to say, okay, God, I need spiritual fathers. Help me understand this. He goes, you gotta be a son and you gotta go after some of these dads. You gotta seek after them, knock on their doors, text them. Pastor Gray's get many Marco Polos from me all the time. And I'm just talk, knocking on his door saying, man, I need a spiritual father in my life. And I can say that today, as I stand here today, I am the healthiest I have ever been. Uh, God has done a work inside of me. Come on, somebody. Like, like God is, God is faithful. And I want to encourage, if there's somebody in this room today, you're struggling with depression, you're struggling with something, anxiety, man, God is faithful to see you through to the end. He has not given up on you. There's still a call of God on your life. Don't quit. Now surround yourself with the right people and God's going to do amazing things in you and in your church. Come on, somebody. Let's go. All right. All right. Joe? Uh, the lows are easy. You know, our launch Sunday, our very first Sunday, we were under a tornado warning right before our first service. Our third service we ever had, our drummer took a night shift. He came in sleep. He said, I'm going to take a nap in the drum cage. Worship starts. Something doesn't sound right. He was sleeping in the drum cage during worship. I get up to preach halfway through my message. He pops his head up, looks around, and goes back to sleep. True story. True story. First time, first time we ever tried to do water baptisms, we didn't realize it, but the city cut off the water to our facility and we had to call a fire truck to fill up our baptistry. Our storage container with all our gear flooded in a tropical storm. We had six day notice one time to move venues. The very first time I met Pastor Dino Rizzo, I was walking up to him. Like, don't blow this, don't blow this, just introduce yourself. And I go, hey, I'm Dino. <laughs> My name's not Dino. What was I thinking? Listen, there's lots of lows, but listen, the hardest ones are with people. It's the people that, that bail on you. It's the people you thought would stay and they leave you. And I'm going to be honest with you. There are times where people question me and my leadership and I've questioned my call. There are times that I doubted because growth didn't look like what I thought it should. Listen, there's been moments when I didn't know if I had the strength or the capacity to keep going. And I'm just reminded of Proverbs 14, 4. It says, without oxen, the stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. And we want things to be clean and nice and neat. We want a Marie Kondo ministry where we don't want to deal with anything that doesn't spark us joy. But that's not how the gospel advances. That's not how it advances. Ministry is messy. People are messy. The gospel is messy. And he's looking for faithful people that are willing to try through real mess for eternal impact. Amen. And it's worth it. It's worth it. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Woo! I think the future of the ark's in pretty good shape. Let me give you just a couple more, more uh, uh, numbers, and then we're going to look at a video. Ark not only has a national impact, it's got a global impact. Do you know that they are, there are five uh, major existing networks uh, in Canada, South Africa, Netherlands, Ireland, 
Australia. There are developing na uh, networks in China, Pakistan, England, and Brazil. There were 18 global churches planted this year. Yeah. We had, a, we had churches in South Africa of over 400 people the first launch day. In Canada, over 500 people. In India, over 600 people. In, um, in Ireland, in Ireland when, where the average church size is about 50, we had two of them of over 300 people launched this year. And so, anyway, I think the state of the art is good. Amen? Amen.